0: Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you're looking so fine today. Amen. Come on, somebody. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, to look around and see the family of faith. What a beautiful day it is. Amen. Do you know how awesome it is to be uh, in a moment, in a time where your ear is on the breast of the Father? That today we're gonna hear something so instructive, something so timely, a, a, a word, a Rema word, a prophetic word. Uh, and, and I say to many of you today how awesome it is to be in time with God. How many of you know it's important to be in time with God, right? It, I, if we're gonna walk with God, we gotta be walking in agreement with God, we gotta be walking in the timing of the Lord. And what a beautiful day it is that you can hear the voice of God. Amen. So let's do this today. I'm going to have you to stand uh, and, and just pardon us today. We've had a little technical issues with uh, some of our some of our projection and so you know uh, help us to bear through the day. We're still working on a few things ins and outs and getting things uh, ready on Sunday mornings. but 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 I want you to know we're in our series called the End from the Beginning. It's a prophetic series for the beginning of the year 2022. We've been in a lot of wonderful message over the last several weeks. Amen. And so today we're going to be talking about the latter rain, the latter rain. And what I want you to do if you have your Bible, go with me to the prophet Joel, the book of Joel, and go to chapter 2. I want to read a, a description. Of course, many of you know Peter recited this particular prophetic word uh, right after the day of Pentecost when he spoke, this is that which the prophet Joel spoke about, and he quoted the second second chapter of Joel 2. And so I want you to go there. I want to read a passage of scripture to you. This again, Joel chapter 2. If you have your Bible there and you're already there at Joel chapter 2, I'm going to begin reading here verse 21. And I am going to be talking about the latter rain. This is the latter rain, the latter rain. And we're going to get into some conversations today. What a beautiful word you're about to hear, the latter rain. And I pray that your heart and mind be attuned to it. Or whatever you've got going on today, can I tell you to put that at rest? Just get your mind for the next 30, 40 minutes attentive to the word of the Lord. You're going to be blessed in this word. And if you don't mind, um, I don't see Lorenzo. Lorenzo, can you bring me down just a little bit? In the, just, Just bring me down. Very good. Bring me down. Bring me down. Bring me down. Bring me down a little bit more. Amen. Just bring me down. There we go. We're getting it there. So Joel chapter, there we go. Joel chapter 2, verse 21. Uh, You can begin reading with me here. Verse 21, I'll read through verse 29. This is how it begins. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice. For the Lord will do great things. Ah, somebody say hallelujah. For the Lord will do great things. Notice what he says. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring, for the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Somebody say that's the latter rain. Catch this. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately. And he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain. Catch this. And the latter rain in the first month. There's a cycle here. I'm going to teach it to you. And the floors shall be full of wheat. And the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locusts had eaten the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. Look at your neighbor and say, you won't be ashamed. Ah, this is the word. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servant and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. Y'all ready to pray with me? We're going to get down. You ready? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this glorious day. We thank you for the opportunity we have in the spirit of God to hear the voice of the Lord. We thank you, Father, that we're not here ignorant of the time, ignorant of our purpose, but rather we're walking in the fulfillment of time. Father, we are, we are in rush hour here at Harvest Point Church. Father, we are in a time of great influx. Father, a moment in time where the church is being, be, being being directed and being purposed that it might satisfy itself in this latter rain. Holy Spirit, I say rain on us. Rain on this fellowship. Rain on this church. Rain on its purpose. Rain on its members rain on us today let that latter rain fall let it fall on us so perfectly so effortlessly that we may yield back that that that, that ripened vine uh, that we may yield back to the Lord grains and, and oil and vats full of the fullness of God and so we pray that right here we pray it right now we pray it in the name of the Lord we pray it together as a family faith and we pray it in Jesus name amen and amen will you go find somebody this is kind of the thing I want you to be thinking about today I want you to go find some people I want you to give them a hug and I say Holy Spirit rain on you go tell somebody say Holy Spirit rain on you come on Holy Spirit rain on come on go tell them glory in the Lord Holy Spirit rain on Rain on you, Jerry. Holy Spirit, rain on you. Isabel, Holy Spirit, rain on you. Brother Jesse, Holy Spirit, rain on you, my man. Chad, Holy Spirit, rain on you, my brother. Brother Taylor, Holy Spirit, just rain on you. Amen. What a beautiful day it is. God, says, family, Holy Spirit, rain on you guys. Amen. What an awesome day it is. Holy Spirit, rain on you. Rebecca, Holy Spirit, Luis, rain on you guys. Holy Spirit, rain on you. How awesome it is. How awesome it is. Look at your neighbor right now and say, God is a God of revival. Touch them back and say, God is a God of life. Let me give to you a word. That I believe in your life can be transformational. Just just a scripture. It reads like this. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is a man that trusteth in him. Let let me say it one more time. I want you to see the nature of God. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good see God through that visage. That that God is confident that if you get a taste of Him, you're going to want some more. Uh, God God is confident in His nature that if if we were to get even just a taste of God, that it will produce in us, invoke in us our own appetite. Taste it. See that He's good. Today, do you realize that that, that what is happening in our culture, in our hour, is that there are a lot of people void of a taste of God. I don't know, maybe about you, maybe you haven't tasted of the Lord lately, but I'm here to tell you my God is a good God. <laughs> look at your neighbor and say, God's a good God. So I don't know why you look so sad, but you've got a good God. Taste him. See that he's good. Uh, The the purpose of taste, friends, spiritually, is to provoke in you your appetite, your spiritual appetite. You know, chubby people, you know, when we look at stuff, we don't just want a (laughs) bite. We want the whole of it. You know, I've often said if if, if there's a piece of cake, uh, but if I don't see the whole cake, I may not eat the piece. Because if I eat a piece and want more, I'm going to be dissatisfied. So I ask you, where's your appetite? You you realize that God knows inherently of himself that if we get a taste of God, it'll invoke our appetite and our thirst for God. Do you know that Jesus taught this very principle? The Bible says, blessed are they, blessed are those which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. What do you say? They shall be filled. Because our life is predicated by that thirst, by that hunger. You realize that today in these last days that, that, that many of us ha- have lost our appetite for God. <laughs> let me say that one more time. I see that some people are looking around right now when I'm talking about it. Let me say, let me say it again. I believe many people in the church have lost their appetite for God, desire for the Lord. Everything in the kingdom is predicated by desire. In fact, could I share with you that God is a God of principled desire. God of himself says that if you, that, that if you look upon him, if, if you can delight in him, he'll give you the desires of your heart. How I many of you think, well, you got a God that'll give you some desires? You know, the Bible says, guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life. There's some things going on in your mind right now, desires that you have that are going to lead to your ruin. But how many know that if God puts a desire in you, something down deep on the inside of you, it's going to provoke you back to God. Somebody say hallelujah, because I want to go to God. I want to be about God. Do you know that David said in the last of the wisdoms of Psalm 145, he says, Lord, thou openest thy hand. And satisfieth the desire of every living thing. Do you know that God moves in your desires? Both good and bad. How many remember the day of Pentecost when when, when it was Peter who spoke back to the people who perceived that they were drunk? And he says, "You want to talk about drunkenness. Listen, you're the ones who killed the prince of life. And he says, and you desire to murder be granted you. Has there ever been a culture of people, the Jews of themselves, who have been plagued with murder their whole lives? Generation after generation. Why? Because God will satisfy that desire in you. Do you know that it was the same Israelites who wandered through the wilderness, who loathed the light bread, the manna? And they wanted flesh to eat. They desired flesh. And God said, I'm going to give you flesh Till it comes out of your nostrils. Friend, God is principled in desire. How bad you want him. We're in a culture now where everything under the sun is available to the hands of men. And our desire for God is waning thin. And we need the infusion of the spirit of God to produce in us a desire for God again. You know, this past week while I was sleeping, you know, the spirit will wake me up. He said, son, I got to talk to you about something because I perceive there's a lot of people in these last days as we study eschatology. And I talk about the latter rain and we're talking about the last hours of humanity that people are real confused about. Well, when's the Antichrist coming? And is the Antichrist alive? Pastor, are you a post-trib believer? Do you believe in pre-trib? Are you a mid-trib? And we're going through all of these processes, even as Jesus talked about the last days. But friend, I'm not looking for the Antichrist. I'm looking for the Holy Spirit. I'm looking for the manifestation of God in the church where people's desire gets back to God. Do you know what you need in your life right now? You need a fresh, unadulterated desire for the purposes of God in your life. You need a clean vision, a fresh vision, a renewed vision of God that God could invoke in you once again a desire to God. Will you give your neighbor a high five and say, I want God. I want the Holy Spirit. Do you know that the latter rain is an infusion of the Spirit in the church again? On, the Let me say it again. Do you, do you know that the latter rain, the rain of the Spirit of God, is going to rain on the church and it's going to produce in us a fresh desire for God? Because a lot of us need that. There's a lot of believers who are labored and, and encumbered and tired and sweaty in their spiritual life. What you need is a fresh infusion of the Holy Ghost. You, you need renewed vision. You need a renewed heart. You need you need an attitude in the Spirit of God that will produce in you an energy back to God. I believe there's a lot of lethargic Christians right now. and when I pray over the church, I say, Father, I don't know what to do. I can't preach any better than what I'm preaching. And the worshiper can't worship any better than what he's worshiping. But the Spirit of the Lord has been telling me, don't worry. When I start to rain on your church, uh, your people are going to come alive. uh, And people are going to be renewed uh, and reinvigorated. Uh, They're going to want more God. Uh, You're not going to be able to have a little one-hour service. People are going to want to tarry late at the altar and pleading and begging for God and more of Him. It's coming, church. It's called the Later rain you know over many years you've heard me say that when i am been in the church i've been noticing that we're not seeing the things we're supposed to be seeing A- and the church has become somewhat weak and there seems to be an inability in the church And I don't know about you, but I weep over the church. I weep not just Harvest Point, but the church all around the world. We should be seeing the things of God manifest. And I'm always disappointed when I pray for somebody and I don't see what I'm praying for. And I I go back before the Lord and I say, Lord, purify me. Make me right. Get me ready because I want to see success in the kingdom of God. Is there anybody here that says, preacher, I'm like you. I want to see success in the family of faith. I want to be able to point my finger in the name of Jesus and make a declaration And the Spirit is saying, when I show up, your people are going to know that I'm in the midst of you. The latter rain is the Spirit of God right here with us. Let me say it again. The latter rain is the Spirit of God dwelling right there with us. You know what? Many of you, I've prophesied this already. That lot of rain's gonna stir up your house again and then. There's going to be some things happening in your home that you never thought would happen, and and God's going to begin to produce some stuff. And I'm, I'm talking to parents. You're going to see your kids are going to have a desire for God. I mean, a real bona fide fire on the inside, and wives will be transformed, and husbands will be transformed. I'm talking about the latter rain, man. Listen, I'm not looking for the Antichrist, and I'm not worried about the end times. I want the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit manifested right here in in our place right here right now I want the manifested presence of the Holy Ghost I want the manifested presence of the Holy Spirit understand this that we need that latter rain friend listen if we're going to make it to the end you're going to need the latter rain let me say it one more time because you're not going to get by with the former rain you're going to need the latter rain of God God is going to renew you. Wherever you are in your spiritual life, whatever you've been dealing with, whatever your problems are, whatever you've been going through, I've got a word from God. He's going to rain on you. He's going to rain. Let me say that one more time. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your problem is. I don't know what's been befuddling you. I don't know how the enemy's been apprehending you. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what your struggles are. But I'm going to tell you this. The Spirit of God is going to rain on you. Oh, y'all hear what I'm saying? I'll say it again. I don't know if your money is funny. I don't know if you went to the doctor and the doctor said you got this, that, and the other. We don't even know what to call what you got. I don't know what's been happening in your marriage. I don't know what's been going on in your family. I don't know what your kid's been going through. But the Spirit of the Lord told me that he's going to rain on you. Let me say it one more time until somebody gets it down in the Spirit because I can say it 20 times, baby, but until you get it for yourself, you'll get nothing at all. The Spirit of God sent me to tell you that He's going to rain on your life. going to rain on your life. going to rain on your marriage. going to rain on your kids. going to rain on your heart. going to rain in your mind. The Spirit of God is going to indwell the place of God and He's going to show you There is going to be such a faction in the church that you're going to know once and for all that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And that wherever you go, God is. Somebody say hallelujah. Will you get up right now and go give somebody a hug and tell them you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Get up right now and go hug somebody and say you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're the temple. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're the temple. Of the Holy Ghost. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And Helica, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Sister Rosemary, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Brother Damidas, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Jeshua, you're the temple. Sister Virgil, you're the temple. Brother Michael, you're the temple. Brother Pete, you're the temple. Thaddeus, you're the temple, my brother. She said, Emma, you're the temple. Brother Noel, you're the temple. This latter rain is going to be a rain like none other. Revival isn't going to happen in the church. It's going to happen in you. You are going to bring revival here. It's going to happen in your home going to happen out of your prayer closet. It's not going to happen because the bass player played the right riff or the the, the instrumentalist played the right song. It's going to happen because the Spirit of God is raining on you. It's the latter rain. It's God saying, I'm going to rain. Do you know that the Spirit of the Lord told me, reminded me of a strategic verse in the Bible. David speaking strategically of God, saying he shall reign, he shall fall. Fall like rain, listen, upon mown grass. As the rains, the showers, water the earth. Do you know today that in these times of eschatology and all the signs of the times, that it is purposed in us to mow the grass? Friend, you've got to mow your grass. You've got to cut the lawn. I want you to open your Bibles now, Isaiah 40. I'm going to give you a prophetic word. A a, a word that can be transformational in somebody's life. I'm so glad that this isn't up to me. The Spirit says, go preach for me. I'm going to do the work. I'm so glad that it's not going to come down to the eloquence of my preaching or the ability in which I preach and deliver the Word of God. It's going to come down to the Spirit of God himself. And you know what else? It's going to come down to those that desire the things of God. Friend, I'm here to tell you that the Spirit of the Lord is going to put a passion in you to pray. Let me say it again. The Spirit of God is going to put a passion in you to pray. You will never pray like you're about to pray in this latter rain. You will never know Or have ever experienced the power of God Which is going to reside in you When that rain falls Is there anybody in here that wants that power I I mean come on now I mean how long are we going to come to church And talk about fairy tales How how long are we going to give lip service To the word of God When is it going to be that we finally walk out of the house of God And say I can do what the word of God says I can do That I am who the word of God says I am that i can carry the word of god somewhere to some place to something and i can point my finger in the name of jesus and say peace be still you know there's a lot of you right now that god is going to transform your life and i'm going to be so glad when i see it you're not going to be the same person you were last week man when the, when the rain begins to fall and the father told me that as people begin to cut the grass i'm going to begin to rain on their lives listen you don't have to wait for everybody to come on board you can come on board right now You don't got to wait for your neighbor over there and say, well, how long is he going to get it? Listen, how about you? When are you going to get it? It's time for you right now to walk in this beautiful outpouring of the Spirit of God. And it is yours right now if you'll cut the grass. If you'll mow the lawn. You have to cut it. You have to cut it. The Spirit of God said your people are going to have to cut the grass if God's going to rain on them. Because a rain, this latter rain falls on mown grass. He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass. Are you in, are you in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40? Is that what I gave you, or did I give you something else? I, 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 I gave you 46. Well, see, if y'all had been in the spirit, you would have known I meant 40. I'm just missing. I want you to keep this chapter in your spirit this week. This is the chapter of God speaking to the prophet Isaiah. He says, I want you to comfort my people. I've got wonderful news for them. Speaking of the latter rain, I want you to comfort them. And he told the prophet Isaiah, I want you to cry to them. You know what the prophet said? Well, what shall I cry? What, What should I say? Isaiah, chapter forty, verse six. Isaiah forty, chapter forty, verse six. I'll read verse five, man. This is just, this has been in my spirit. He says, "And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it." The voice said, cry, and he said, what shall I cry? All the flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. For the grass withereth, and the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely, the people is grass. friend, we've got to mow that lawn today. You say, preacher, how do we mow the lawn? Zechariah chapter 10, speaking of the latter rain, said this, there has to be a spirit of grace and of supplication. Anybody want to mow the grass? See, I want to keep my grass cut. You know, anybody got neighbors that, you know, you keep your grass cut, but they got their grass all messy and nasty and... How many know their weeds get on your grass too? Anybody got a neighbor on your street that doesn't cut the grass and they just leave their house all upside down? I've, I've got I've got a neighbor like that who, when I throw down my my, my herbicide, I throw it on his grass too. <laughs> he doesn't even know I fertilize his grass because I know his grass soon becomes my grass and his problem soon becomes my problem. We need to mow the grass in the church, each and every one of us. Do you know what a spirit of grace is? A spirit of grace is getting it right with God. We all know that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. If we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just. Friend, don't carry your sin no more. Get it right with God. It's time to cut the grass. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your sin is. I don't know what's been befuddling in your life. I don't know what the thorn in your flesh is. Can we get it right this year? Friend, if we know God is faithful and just, and if we know God forgives, go ahead and ask him to forgive you. Get it right with God. Let's cut that grass. Look at your name and say, cut that grass, baby. No sense of coming into church like you came in last week. Let's cut the grass. Do you know that we have to have a spirit of supplication? Do do you know what supplication is? Supplication is like waving a white flag to God. I surrender. Uh, I've been saying this for years in this church. It's time for you to give up and let God take over. It's time for you to get your hands off of things and stuff and let God do what only God can do. It's time for you to quit figuring it out and worrying your pretty little head over all the things that are going on in your life but to take all that stuff and give it to God and say, God, you are able to do that which you said you're able to do and let God be God and you be you. It's time for us to get back to the words of the Lord. I can do nothing. Unless God help me. Will you look at your neighbor right now and say, You can't do anything unless God help you? It's time to cut that grass. The spirit of grace and the spirit of supplication, I'm praying over the house of the Lord. I'm praying today that desires be changed in here. Do you know the Bible says, Guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life. You've got some stuff stirring in your mind right now that's going to destroy you. You've got some appetites and things going on in your mind that as you begin to eat, you're going to be overcome with evil. But the Spirit of the Lord said, for those that are hungry and thirsty after righteousness, for those that say, Father, put a desire in me, put something in my heart. Oh, I need a desire. Mama, you've been praying for your sons and daughters to be saved, and all they really need is a new desire. Man, if they got a desire for God, they would be unquenchable in the world. They would find themselves in the house of God saying, God, I want more. I'm praying that for your life because you need more of God. In fact, you need a whole lot of God. In fact, I pray you get more God than you can take in for yourself because I pray today that your cup overflows so that when you leave here, you've got something to give out there. Somebody say hallelujah. I'm praying for a spirit of grace and supplication in the house of the Lord. A spirit of grace and supplication. You have your Bibles open. Let me give you some more eschatology. St. Matthew chapter 24. Flip your Bible there. I'm not going to read through it, but I just want you to see it. I want you to lay your hands on it. St. Matthew chapter 24. The disciples asked Jesus, What will be the signs at your coming? What will be the signs of the end of the age? Jesus said this There's going to be wars. You want to know what the world looks like at its coming? He's going to give it to you. It's going to be wars. It's going to be rumors of wars. Uh-huh. Nations rising up against nations. People groups, genocides rising up once against another. There's going to be pestilence on earth. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Diseases you can't cure. They yes, yes, catch your name and say hello, COVID. Hello, cancer. Hello, disease. He says there's going to be famines in the world. There's going to be earthquakes in the world. And every manner of physical devastation. Uh He says, guess guess what? There's also going to be false prophets. False prophets that come and say, I am he. Uh He says along with those false prophets, iniquity will abound. There's going to be a sinfulness in the church. We're going to tolerate sin. And you know what else he said? And the love of many is going to wax cold. Of all the things that troubles my spirit is a church that lost its first love. I mean, the central desire of our worship and our admiration to God is grounded in our love for God. I mean, do you love God? I mean, isn't that the first commandment? To love the Lord thy God with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy heart, with all thy mind, and to love thy neighbor as thyself. When we lose our love for God, we've lost it all. I'm so thankful that the Spirit met. I weep in my closet for you. I weep for us. Because if we lose that, we're not even a church. We're just a social gathering. We just come together to see one another. The purpose in the church is always grounded in our love for God and our love for each other. Jesus speaking in that former reign, he says, Behold, it was Christ that was in the midst of the seven golden sticks. You remember him? He's always in the midst. And I was so thankful that the Spirit of God said, Preacher, I'm going to come visit your church in a latter rain. And your church is going to know what it is to be in the presence of God. And it's not going to be manipulated. It's not nothing you can do, preacher. It's not about your consecration or your anointing. I'm going to visit you. And my presence is going to be palpable It's going to be tangible. When your people walk out of your church, they're going to say, i got a visage of God. I saw the Lord. I was in the presence of the Almighty. And it's the presence of God that will change your life. Watch Jesus mow the grass. This is what the last days look like. And most people today who study eschatology, if you're a student of the Word, as I am, I know all the signs of times. Many of you know that I've been in this church, that I've gone verse by verse out of the book of Revelation. I taught it in simplicity, and I have it on compact disc. If you want to talk to Julio, I'll give you a free copy of every single verse out of the book of Revelation. But that's not my concentration. I know all there is to know about eschatology. I studied. I think about it. I memorize verses and scriptures and thoughts and things. But I'm not looking for the Antichrist, friend. I'm looking for the Holy Ghost. I'm mowing my grass because I want the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. So watch Jesus. Jesus teaches the same thing. The people came and said, what will be the signs? He went through all those signs. This is what the earth will look like. But then he says this in the 25th chapter of St. Matthew. He says this. Do you want to know what the kingdom looks like? Here we go. I mean, that's what the earth looks like, but does anybody want to know what the kingdom of heaven looks like? I mean, let the world be the world, but I mean, aren't you concerned or a little bit thoughtful of saying, well, what does the church look like? What what should we be doing in these last days? Friend, I'm here to tell you, these are the last hours of humanity. I've been telling my wife, I don't even know if my... If my little baby, my little grandson will even make kindergarten, God is on the horizon. And friend, if you get left behind, if you don't make it, it's not going to be because I didn't preach it. I'm a faithful under shepherd to the spirit of God in my prayer closet. You are in the last days. He's coming. Yes, sir. Maranatha. Maranatha. Lord, come quickly. This is what he said. The kingdom of heaven, listen, is likened unto ten virgins. Yes, sir. Come on, so now he's talking spiritually. You want to know what the world looks like? Go out and study it. If you want eschatology, I'll give you your fill of it. Ask me any question, I'll have a reply. But if you want to know what the kingdom of heaven looks like, it looks like ten virgins. Five were wise Uh and five were foolish. You say, well, what was foolish about those five? They didn't trim their lamps with oil. And they knew the bridegroom was coming. And in fact, the Bible says all of the ten virgins, guess what they did? They all fell asleep Uh because the bridegroom pardon me, the groom tarried and the bridegroom, all ten fell asleep out of the darkness there was a midnight cry the groom cometh Uh prepare yourself and those five got up quickly and trimmed their lamps and the other five got up and they realized I don't have the oil I don't have the Holy Ghost in me as I I'm not hearing as I should. I'm not moved as I should. I'm walking blindly in the world. And the Bible says, those five that trimmed their lamps went off to be with the groom. He said, please, please let us borrow some of your oil. He said, no, man, you got to get some for yourself. You got to go buy you some oil, man. I ain't got none to spare for you. And the Bible says, when they went to go buy it, when they finally came back, the door was already shut. And He knocked on that door and said, "Let us in." And you know what Jesus says? I don't know you.". And Jesus says this: "Be watchful. Yes. Be, 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 be vigilant. Uh, awaken yourself. Be alert. Wake up, church. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. He says, be alert, be watchful. For no man knoweth the hour nor the day which the son of man cometh. Friend, you got to get on your toes. You're going to have to open up your eyes. You're going to have to do like Spock and sleep with one eye open. You. You, you, you've got to be ready. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know the time is short and you've got to be alert, baby. You've got to be watchful. Will somebody cry out? Be watchful. Be watchful. Be watchful. Be watchful. Mom and daddy, you've got to be watchful. Sons and daughters, you've got to be watchful. Friend, you've got to be watchful. You've got to be looking. You've you got to be vigilant. You've got to be ready. We don't know when we have to act. But Jesus says, you've got to be watchful. And immediately, immediately. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a, 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 a servant, a, a, a master yeah. bringing his servants in yeah. to bring inquisition to how they managed. Listen, their talents. Yes, sir. How they managed their talents. To one he gave five, to one he gave two, to one he gave one. And you know the story. I don't have to teach it to you. But when he came back to give inquisition, to call them to account, the one who had five had made ten talents. Uh And you know what he said? Well done. Good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little things. Now I'm going to make you ruler over much. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He called the one to whom he gave two. Now he has four. And what do you think he says? Well done. Good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. Now I'm going to make you ruler over much. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. To the one he gave one talent to. He came back and says, where's my talent? He says, I knew you were a hard man. Asking for where you didn't sow. So I took your telling and I buried it. And here it is. You know what Jesus says? Well, at least I got it back. No harm, no foul. He says, take this wicked servant and cast him into utter darkness where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Be faithful. God's given you a lot. And your hour of reconciliation to God is at hand. Yes, sir. You have to be faithful. Yes, you have to be faithful. Man, baby, I'm cutting the grass today, and we want the lawn, baby. You, you said I do not know. I shouldn't have come this morning. This, this is too heavy for me. But I'm here to tell you, if you want the Lord, and if you want the Spirit of God, if you want to feel that ladder rain, if you want to know what it is to be passionate about God, God said, "I'm going to rain on you, but I'm going to rain on mown grass. I'm going to rain on mown grass." And Jesus says this. And that day, I'm going to separate the sheep from the goats. I'm going to put all my sheep on the right hand and all the goats on the left hand. And I'm going to say to my sheep on the right hand, when I was hungry, when I was a hundred, thou gavest me meat. When I was thirsty, thou gavest me drink. When I was a stranger, you took me in. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you came and visited me. When I was in prison, you came unto me. And then they'll say unto him, Lord, when were you ever hungry? And we gave you meat. When were you ever thirsty that we gave you a drink? When were you ever naked that we clothed you or that you were in prison and we came and visited you? Jesus says, I'll tell you this, that whenever you've done it unto the least of these my brethren, you've done it unto me. He says, come ye faithful, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom of God, which was prepared for you before the foundation of the world. What is he saying? Be merciful. Let me say it again. You're going to have to be merciful. You say, preacher, why do you say all of that? Because the latter rain, if it has nothing to do with the harvest of souls, it's not revival. And if, and if what we're doing today, church, if your faith and if, and if your loyalty doesn't lie in the souls that God is trying to bring in in his last days, you are not in the right frame of mind. You need a fresh outpouring of the Spirit of God that gives you an appreciation for every single individual that you meet. Yes, so true, so true. Let, me, let me close with this. You've heard God say that what would it profit a man? He gained the whole world, but lost his soul. And if that man realized that he lost his soul, what could he then give back to God in exchange for it? You know what God is saying? One soul is worth more to me than all of the world and the contents thereof. God is sending the latter rain because he's going to draw you back into his bosom. Come on. He is not going to lose you. He is going to find you. He is going to rescue you. He is sending the Spirit of God to produce in you a desire back towards God. He's going to do it for you and he's going to do it for your family and he's going to do it for your children and he's going to do it for your co-workers and he's going to do it for the person you thought would never want God. God is going to reign in these last days and the church that mows the grass and keeps the grass caught is ready for the outpouring of the Almighty. Oh, I wish I I had somebody with me right there that you say, preacher, I'm going to mow the grass of my own personal life and prepare myself for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Come on, stand with me. Come on, stand with me. Come on, stand with me. i got to stop right there. Come Come on, stand with me. Come on, stand with me. Come on, stand with me, man. Stand with me. But stand with me in the Spirit of God. Stand with me in the Spirit of God. The Bible says, listen, that no man, no woman can say Jesus is Lord without the, without the help of the Holy Spirit. Wrong, Holy Spirit. You can't even form your lips yeah. to say it from the depth of faith yes, sir. without the Spirit of God inside of you. Yes, I've come to speak to you, friend. You say you believe in God? The devil's do too. You say you believe in God? The devil's do too. Yes, Could I convince you that the devil knows more about God than you do? Yeah. Yeah. He, sure does. He-, he-, he knows God. Could I suggest to you that the devil saw the pre-incarnate Christ in his fullness in heaven? And if it wasn't for the beloved John, we wouldn't get the vesture of seeing the Lord there now. Listen, friend, it's not enough to believe in Christ. This is what Jesus said about the last days. This is what Jesus said about the last days. You know how we're going to know who's who? Because there's fruit in your life. fruit, bona fide fruit, spiritual fruit, fruit that's an indication that there's desires brewing in you that is so uniquely different, that there there's an empowerment in you, fruit because you're yielded in the vine, and you're fruitful because the spirit of God is moving through you, friend, that you can't fake.